Welcome to Tuscan Radio. I'm Drew Gretsch. I'm Mike Badrow. Yeah, it's Michael's first time on the show. Yes. Yeah, you were on a, you were on another Marvel podcast a couple months ago. You were on our instant take About for like this uh, Kill Drew podcast <laughs> for uh, Shang Chi. For Shang Chi, I still don't know how you pronounce the name because they pronounce it like every single different way. Shang Chi. Shang Chi. They call him. You're like uh, trying to make an accent on. I don't get it. Shang Chi a couple times, whatever. Chauncey, the rapper. Yeah, they 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 did in the movie a couple times. He's called uh, Shanxi. We're not gonna. Pull uh, no, it no, up. I'm playing. <laughs> You're gonna pull it up. This is gonna be like a. It's it's in one of the. Um, it, it's in one of the earlier scenes in the movie. I care not. I'm just gonna go YouTube. Find the high school leash. Shang Chi. <laughs> pronunciation. There you go. It it's Shang Chi, but there are many. But they they use his. That's a Hawkeye trailer. <laughs> we are looking at how to pronounce the name of this fictional superhero from the Marvel comics. He's a master of Kung Fu. How do you say it? Shong Chi. I said it was Shang. 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 Not Chang. Or Shang. Chi. I know. Shang. Alright, whatever. Shang. Gee. Yeah, that's the movie's called. Alright, anyway. Uh, but today, we are here for a very special episode. An episode I've been anticipating for a long time. I was brought up to this like three days ago. You so. were, you were. But I know, I just because I've wanted to do a respectful debate Fuck you. over Star Wars The Last Jedi for a while. This is the most divisive Star Wars movie. There are a lot of opinions on it. Um, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know how I feel about it. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk, talk all about that. But we've also got a, a lot of news to talk about. Uh, Dave Filoni, in speaking with Empire Magazine, we talked a bit about this magazine article last week. Because uh, Kathleen Kennedy gave some updates on... The Kenobi series. Oh, I'm I'm not against Kat, Kat, oh, Kat yeah. Kathleen Kennedy. I, I think that she is a great producer. She was chosen by George Lucas for a reason. Oh. Um, but you know, but, but but what we've said is that you know, Kevin Feige is Kevin Feige for a reason. I don't have Um, Kathleen Kennedy is oh. is not Kevin Feige, and I I think that like. I think that in Kevin Feige, we have a, a miracle of someone who is really good at the business act aspect as, as well as being creative. He understands what needs to be done, and mm-hmm. I think that he does a great job of connecting with his actors and uh, knowing what the community wants while also knowing exactly. what is good for Marvel. And so he creates a business aspect. I love what he was able to do with Spider-Man, and mm-hmm. it takes a great mind to be able to piece together what the the MCU has done and what it's been it's the first thing to do in the history of cinema. Of cinema. Yep. The the way that they've uh, but, you know but what Kevin Feige does is he gives his directors you know here's where the movie starts here's where the movie ends and here's what you need to do and and here's here are some essential things that have to happen along the way. Yeah. You fill in the gaps. You, you make it your story. Yeah. But 
I, I and I think like if Kathleen Kennedy were to run the business side of it, that'd be great. She's a great film producer. She is not a creative person though. I don't think. You know what? Kathleen Kennedy's just uh, George Lucas chose her to be new Lucasfilm head for a reason. He was her second in command the whole time during Lucasfilm, and when it's like, all right, I'm stepping down. Mm-hmm. Who I choose, Kathleen Kennedy. And I, if you put jo- trust in George Lucas, and I get the trust is waning after the prequel trilogy. I still have full trust in George. Yes, yeah, here. George Jar Jar Binks is stupid, though. Let's all put <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is yes, stupid. Jar Jar is stupid. Um, but I mean, I think that you know there was a uh, something. You know, I know that there was a report a couple of days ago that um, Favre and Filoni. Uh, were uh, consulted on the Kenobi series. Um, oh, all right. And, you know, of course, like, they're not there every day. They probably only gave a couple of notes. But, you know, that's the same thing that Kevin Feige does, just to a lesser degree. I think that maybe we could see... It's like getting math help from Einstein. I wouldn't be too <laughs> troubled on the couple notes here. Oh, I, I know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, they have no official role in the series. It's just well, like, hey, you, you guys know what you're doing. You want to take a look at this? Hey, it's not my... It's not your test. But like, hey, yeah. you said to go help together. Um, yeah, and I'm sure that they've give, given notes on, on Andor and if there's stuff for the Acolyte. So yeah, but anyway, Dave Filoni was talking about Ahsoka. So I'm going to read what he said. Oh, I have it right here. It's thrilling, I got to tell you. It's something you imagine doing for a long time, and then it's kind of startling when you're sitting there. And can, I, can, I, can I continue? Like, we're like a teacher. Like, a teacher's like, can you go, Jimmy? Yes, you like, absolutely can. Jimmy can't read. <laughs> as, as long as you read it in a Dave Filoni voice. <laughs> oh, but I can't do, like, a little pippy accent. Like, he sounds excited every fifth word. <laughs> it's thrilling, I got to tell you. Yeah, you gotta do that, but I can't do that with my voice. I got we love you, Dave. We, 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 we love you, Dave, and thank you for Dave, everything you've given us. Dave, if I had a chance to shake your hand, I would love to. I'd be honored. Be, I'd, I wouldn't wash that hand. <laughs> Actually, I would, because it's COVID still. But. <laughs> Alright, you, you, can, you, you can keep on reading, and we'll switch off. <laughs> I thought of this adventure for Ahsoka for a long time, and it's interesting to see how it's evolved, he says. Years ago, I never would have... Imagine that it was sprung from a branch of a tree that had anything to do with a guy like Din Djarin or a child that looks like Yoda. Jimmy, it's a great lesson for me on how when you have other creators like John Favreau, that can help lend such dimension and depth to what you're doing. Jessica? <laughs> uh, that's it. Well, that, that's it. well that, that is it. Yeah, so... I mean, I, I bet... Yeah. It, this is the character that, like... Ah- Ahsoka's Filoni's child. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, he Captain Rex and uh. Yeah, but I mean, the clones were a thing before. I I say it, but the, the clones were a thing before exactly. And Ahsoka, <laughs> he had complete creative control over what happened with Ahsoka, and I you guys know this is is one of my this is my second most anticipated series behind the Acolyte. It's his. It's 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 mine. I know yours is Kenobi. I know yours is Kenobi. Yours is probably Kenobi. No, no. So my top three most anticipated are 
The Acolyte, just because it's all new, it's going to be something we've never seen before. In a brand new era, brand new subgenre in Star Wars. So that's my number one. My number two is Ahsoka, because Ahsoka is, is my favorite Star Wars character. And we're going to see Rosario and Hayden together. I just hate that Rex is going to be dead. He, he might not be dead. No, he's dead. How do you know that? Because Ahsoka went on the quest for Ezra Bridger after Rebels. And the Rebels ending was uh, Rex was at Battle Endor, but uh, soon afterwards, a couple of years later, he died. And Did they say that he died? He, they said that Rex died after the Battle Endor, like three years later. He survived the Battle Endor. He just like... Uh, he just but did, No, he, did they actually say that Rex died? They said that Rex died. He passed away a few years later. And so that's when you see Soka coming up to the mural with Sabine, and they're going on their little mission. So Rex will be dead during the Soka series. I am checking. Uh, so search up Rebels Finale, and you'll see the audio. All right, you know what? We're just going to play this straight from Disney+. Plus. We're just going to find out. I know what scene it is. I know what scene it is. Uh, yeah, at the end. Yeah, all right. Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars Rebels. All right. So to season four, episode 15. And then Kenobi, just because it's Kenobi. It's Kenobi. It's my number three pick. I can't wait to see Ewan and Hayden together again. I love you that up with the other verbs. We're still recording, Michael. I'm not going to cut this out. Michael has to grab more drinks. It's not. We're underage and it's soda from Michigan. It, it tastes is. really good. I know. All right. Let's see if. Is it here? Uh, yeah. All right. I'm sick of here now. Well, because I like. After no. War, yeah. Zed took Callus along the secret hyperspace path to the planet Lyrasan. It was then that Callus realized he hadn't destroyed the Lasat people. And they were thriving on this new world. I can't wait to see Sabine in the new show. A world where she was welcome as one of them. No, Zoe. Terra fought in the Battle of Endor. As did Commander Rex. By that time, there had been a new member added to the crew of the Ghosts. Oh, they screwed. Spectre 7. Not Rex, it was Cannon. Born to fly, just like his mother. And well, we all know what his father was like. As for me, I used to think that Rex. Ezra was counting on me to protect no. the fall. The planet and the people. No, Rex, they said the something about Rex dying. This is on Disney Plus. They did not say anything about Rex dying. I realized there was more to it. There was something else I was meant to do. I can't wait to see the suit in live action. Yep. That's going to be great. Out there somewhere. And it's time to bring him home. Yeah, he doesn't die. Well, they. I swear to God, this is like the. What, what, it's like the Berenstein Bears thing. I swear to God, they said he died after the Battle of Endor. Berenstein Bears thing? 
You, you know how like it's like Berenstein or like Berenstein or like oh okay or like uh, you know, I know like, the bears I just don't know what part of it we're referencing. And you're like you know there's like this movie called Shazam but like no one remembers that movie called Shazam but like it wasn't actually a real thing but like everyone remembers that it was the movie Shazam. No. You don't know about like group really? No. Jonathan, uh, never mind. This topic's <laughs> lost. All right, continuing All right. on, then maybe, so, maybe I have a little bit of hope for us. Moving on, I, I think he'll show up. I mean, look, he, he might be super old. He's going to be super old in the series. Because, I mean, we're 10 years. If, the sh- if everything that we've, that we've been announced is, like, in the same year. He'll be using a walking cane, is what I He will. Um, I, I think he's going to be in there because Tim Morrison has come back for a lot of stuff. I think he'd do it. I think he'd do it. So, Tamara like, Morrison... He'd, he'd get in, in the suit for, like, a day or two. I mean, yeah, but, like, look at how old Boba is, too. And Boba looks old. Boba needs some lotion. He needs, like, some Jabba the Hutt certified lotion. I think Star Wars also needs to stop, like, changing people's ages. Like, Marvel can keep doing it, but Star Wars needs to stop. It doesn't look right. Well, I kind of agree with, like... Wait, wait besides Boba, what other age... Uh, well, they, well, they, they re, well, they recreated both Tarkin and Leia. And Tarkin, that was fine. They looked great. They, they looked Tarkin fine. Tarkin was in there for a scene and looks like a... Yeah, and, and that was also five years ago. Yeah, that's five years um, ago. But, but, but looking at, at two years ago, um, in The Rise of Skywalker, they did the Leia thing again, and Weird. it just still didn't look... Well, she's also... Yeah, they did what they worked with they could, but like I didn't notice Leia. Oh, I'm I'm talking about the the flashback scene when uh, it's it, when she's training with Luke. That wasn't bad. It was like it was rainy. It was dark. So it was like, dark. Yeah. Um, I guess what are, it's it, it's up to you. Yeah, you're there. You're looking at that scene for like five seconds, yeah. and it doesn't look horrible. So it's like it's not like a pixelated monster from Super Mario sixty four. So you're fine. <laughs> that is true. That that is true. So. We'll see what they do. They can age him, him up with prosthetics. I think Star Wars will always look the best when it uses prosthetics. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So we actually have a story right here from uh, this. So Adam Driver was doing an interview with Unilad.com. He was talking... Well, he's promoting his new movie, uh, House of Gucci. Which does not look good. Listen, the accents kill it for me. I yeah. I, I'm going to see it. I'm not seeing it in theater, though. I'm not seeing it in theater. Um, um, you saw, like, the whole thing about the last duel. Last duel and what um, Scott says. Uh, yeah, really. It's like, it's these damn millennials. It's, it's, it's Twitter's fault. This is a phone. I'm just going to, like, F, like, I'm going to tweet out, like, uh, yeah, I could see The Last Duel. <laughs> or or I could see Spider-Man No Way Home four times in the theater. <laughs> oh, it's these phones, man. <laughs> Spider-Man four times. No, Pokemon Go. I actually, Last Duel would be an interesting story to me, but like I saw no ads for that on my phone. I only saw ads for it in the theater. Exactly. With you. Exactly. That's the only time I ever saw anything about Last Duel. Exactly. I'm going to watch it. I, I think it looks good. Um, I'm just not seeing it in the theater. Yeah. Theaters are expensive. It's like a couch movie for me. It's like, a, you know what? I need something to watch. It is. Oh. And that's what I think, to go back to Marvel, that's what I think Eternal's going to be. <laughs> yeah, that's a couch movie for like someone that hasn't seen. I can't wait to watch on Disney+. Plus. To, to watch it again and really just like 
formulate my own opinion on it. Because um, um, my opinions, especially on, on a movie like this, change a lot. Yeah, true. And I just like I, for me, it's a mediocre movie. I see why it got bad reviews. I see why it got good reviews. That's exactly. What it is. Yeah. So anyway, so Adam Driver was talking about the Last Jedi, or not just the Last Jedi, but just Star Wars in general, and he was asked if he would ever return as Kylo Ren. And he says, <clears throat> No, I'm totally not against oh, it. I need you to stop, man. That's so bad. <laughs> For me, it's a filmmaker's medium. So my only thing is working with great filmmakers. There's no pillow here to throw at you. <laughs> Whatever the size, it's never been interesting to me to an extent. There's interesting things about working on both. I always just follow people I'd be interested in working with. And whether I'd, I'd be right for the part, things like that. No, definitely not a, a verse. I mean, I think any of the sequel actors, if they threw a, a big enough bag of money, they'd come back. Daisy's the only one, I think, who has like, actually said that she'd be interested in coming back if the others did. Uh, I could see... So like, let's say they did a show... About after, like, or like during Rise of Skywalker, or like during, uh, like between, I say like a filler show, like started like Star Wars and Clone Wars did between like. I love that. I yeah, love not that. stupid resistance. Oh, you don't even. No. Do you ever see that show? I did see that show. No, that's no, like actually get like something in between there about like you know get me a show about Kylo Ren. Exactly. Not just a comic, like get a show. And like show Kyle Ren with Adam Driver, like yo, he killed the whole temple. But I think that's that's what uh, here's the thing with with all that. I think that the a the timeline of the sequels is maybe too short for that. I think that resistance. I was talking about before the sequels. Yes. Like yeah. I think that resistance was put into production too soon. No, because because of of how long animation takes. Like if there was a show called Star Wars Resistance right now, that was starting. And they had the they, they they had all three sequels to look at, and it was Resistance and title only and nothing else that could have been a great show. Resistance is a kid show. It's it is not, like it's decent, but it brings no, it brings nothing to the Star Wars world. It brings it, nothing of value or importance. Exactly, exactly. It, like Star Wars, Clone Wars brought value and importance. It brought us Ahsoka. It brought us Mandalore. It brought us culture. It brought us Resistance. Brought us catastrophe. Oh my god, that's a great name. It, it brought us a little feel Dad, Dad, that's what they called him in the show. Uh, they called him that in the show. They called I him didn't that. even pay attention. Like, I thought, like, I saw Poe Dameron at the first film. I'm like, oh, it's about the, you know, the actual public and, you know, stuff I wanted to see. Nope, cool. it's, uh, but no, props to Disney. They sold a few bucks. They made a good Lego set out of it, so. Yeah. Made Legos out of that? They made, yeah, they made, like, a Lego set. It was, like, a tie interceptor. It was, like, a red one. But, like, the pilot looked cool. I think I remember that. Some kind of a little first order, mock, like, thing. Yeah. But, honestly, I think that stories like that are going to be continued in The Mandalorian and shows like that. Like, we're seeing sort of the origin. We, we could be seeing the origins of, like, Exegol and, Snow- and Snoke and Palpatine and stuff in The Bad Batch. Uh, I wouldn't hold past them because, like, with the cloning stuff at the end, that'd be cool to see. I I I I, th- I don't know if it's like likely, but I think it's definitely possible. I don't think we're gonna like direct notions for Palpatine. You're like, nope, no Palpatine's because Palpatine. I don't think we'd because we'd see him a little bit, but I don't think you know here's Exegol and like you have a little oh, yeah. bad about going Exegol. You'd have him like, 
oh, Palpatine's here with like a cloning chamber, we're all gonna die. You mm-hmm. gotta get out of here like a finale thing. I'm calling that now. I will just record the podcast. I'm calling this now. Alright, you can call it. Yeah. Um But do you think that the sequel actors, particularly Daisy, John, Oscar, and Adam, would come back? Uh so for me it's like John, so Adam Driver, I could see him coming beforehand. Yeah. Uh, He'd come back if, like, they, they gave him enough money. Yeah, kind of like an origin show. I wouldn't put it past him. I'd like to see that. You can't, so going past Rise, Rise of Skywalker was the finale. It was, you're not going any further than this. That is our ending timeline. So or, you, so are you saying, like, we'll never see Star Wars past that? I don't think we will. I think it's Disney... Huh. If you create, if you went, they called Star Wars the finale for the greatest series of all time. And it's, you go past that, you open up so many windows and so many people. If you created Days, Ray creating her own uh, Jedi Temple with Finn, then, well, great. You're going to need a lot of expansion in that series. You need, like, that person comes in, that person comes in, all this help comes in. And then you've created your own arc. What Mandalorian did is kept it inside a timeline. It gives you an ending. It gives you a domain and a range of what you can work with on the Star Wars craft. Okay. I got else was something in my head. But if... And you can't do anything with John as of right now because uh, his whole life has been the First Order and living inside... Oh, yeah. Stormtrooper, being a Stormtrooper, First Order Trooper for the First Order. And Ray would only just be like, you know... And being a scavenger. And then, yeah, that's pretty much all you get. I guess you could... The most you could get out of them is like a guest appearance at the end of like a Republic show. Where they show you what Luke, Leia, and Han Hmm. did between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. And ending at the Empire. At the the end, you'd see Finn like putting on a Stormtrooper helmet... And you see, like, Ray on the uh, sands, and you see, like, Kylo turn up at the end, and, like, you have your three main characters ready, and then, okay, go watch Force Awakens the Last Jedi. I, I'd like that. I'd like that. Um, I mean, I think that if this Lando series happens, it's gonna be, like, you know, there's gonna be part of it. Like, a lad, lad say it's, it's six episodes. I think there's gonna be, like, half the show is Donald Glover. And then the other half is Billy D. Williams and I've read a couple, I think. So it was like Lando trying to pay off his debts again. Uh-huh. Uh and that was uh that was a I feel like it just it wouldn't the Lando series it, I don't think it'd be like a murder mystery, like an action or anything. It'd be like a little Steve show, it'd be like Ocean's Eight, but like Star Wars. Did you read Last Shop? Lash. The the solo tie-in book? Uh, no. Okay, you should read that because I think that is going to be sort of what they do with the Lando show. Oh, okay. Because it's like, so there's a I'm Lando... I'm more Bounty Hunters right now. Which is, okay. It's decent, but it's not All right. true. Yeah, so there's... So in, in Last Shot, it's it's a novel. It's not a comic. Um, It's three stories. There's a story with Lando... Set before the events of, of Solo. There's a story with Han set 
between Solo and A New Hope. And then there is a team up with, with both of them after Return of the Jedi. I think, and like all three of them sort of tie together in a in really interesting way. And I think that could sort of like, Lando duh, does some stuff in his past. And, and, and we see that with Donald Glover. And then we see the fallout of it, uh, you know, uh, 30, yeah. 40 year, years later I do, with Billy D. Williams. With Bo- Book of Boba Fett, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something from Han or Lando, like a mention of them. And I wouldn't like expect an actor to come. I don't think that Alden or Child Child Gambino are gonna be in the show. But. Oh no, I don't think that. But I do think like you know what, yo Han Solo that smuggler didn't he like cross paths the earth? You like that? And it's like okay, oh, yeah. You know Han Solo and Lando were like kind of big names around Tatooine, and how they kind of shot and killed Jabba Hutt, and like how the rebellion is taking took over that point out. And so you got to get Hansel, one of the leaders of the rebellion, and Lando, another general of the rebellion, and kind of go from there. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something about it in the criminal underworld because the criminal underworld is also affected by the rebellion too. Absolutely is, and I just I cannot wait to see how this new series really introduces us to the criminal underworld. Like the Mandalorian is a western. This is like. A crime series. Yeah, my only fear for it is it just will start out really slow. I think that too. I think it's going to be... I also think that everything that like we've seen in the trailers is from the first two episodes. I do think that too. I don't... Like, I look at Boba Boba and I'm like, oh, it's a cool notion. What they had with Boba is becoming the new Jabba. But doing it better, like, with more respect. Kind of like, you ever see, like, the new Monsters Inc. show? I have not seen it. It's actually a pretty good show. It's about like what Monster Thing does after the first movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, they're transforming this whole thing. But it also creates an open pathway for both. Right. And so you got to ask, is he going to tie back into Mando Season 3? Oh, absolutely. What's your future for Boba there? And what... Do you have an end game for the show? The end game for Ahsoka is her finding Ezra. Yeah. The end game for Mando is being reunited with Yoda, with Baby Yoda, or Grogu right now. In my mind, at least. And the end game for uh, acolytes would be looking into the Sith. They just need to fill, fill that hole. And well, then, we, we, we have no idea what that's even about right now. Yes. But Kenobi's end game is just surviving and protecting Luke. What is Boba's end game right here? Is it just getting money from him? Is it another money ploy or is it something he's actually trying to grow into? That's a really good point. I never thought of it like that. Like, thing about all these shows is like, what is the end point? And I'm actually going to disagree with you on, on The Mandalorian for right now. I think that the end point for is, The Mandalorian going into Season 3 is the liberation of Mandalore. That's a wide-scale thing. And I don't hold it past you, but I do think it's... Uh, you look at how sad... It's like a, a whole piece of Mandalore has been taken from him with Grogu. Yeah. I think uh, the ruling of Mandalore, he doesn't, want, he doesn't even want the sword. He wanted right. to start for Grogu. And so, while I do think the whole Mandalorian is the whole plot of that, it was never his mission and he wouldn't no. be the ruler Mandalore is worthy of. Well, end point of the show is I think it's just Din wants to see Grogu grow up. But I think going into season three, Din is going to need something to do. He's going to need something to get his, his mind off of Grogu. Um, and I think that he's going to find that family there 
with Bo-Katan with the the Night Owls. I do not think she he will. I think Bo-Katan resents him. Oh, absolutely. I do not. I think that family thing is gonna be a little. Distressed. I think that she's keeping him around purely, like kill him when the time is right. Right. I think that's a little bit of a betrayal thing. I. It's like you know what. Uh, and like maybe she's like, oh, maybe it's not so bad. And then like it's a whole. Oh, it was a secret. Like how she was playing to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like it's a whole. I'm calling. I'm gonna like call so many things here. Oh yeah. Um. So I'm not sure if if you saw this news story a couple weeks back, but basically there was some so. Potential spoilers on the Mandalorian season three. Let me let, let me just see if I can pull this up because we talked talk about this, and I think this is awesome right here. But the um, the Mandalorian right now is getting ready to shoot a major action sequence. Oh, that's fun. They have so remember how in season one, Michael, they had, uh, like the five hundred first come in. Yeah. For episode seven. Yeah, they were they're like, getting the 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 Mando like, the Mandalorian mercs to to shoot this scene with their own armor. Oh yeah. There's armor swapping to create new variants and stuff. <laughs> and like. Armor swapping create new variants. Well, yes. that's what, well, that's what the post says. Did you send me this post from Discord? Uh, I did not. So basically, so here's what it is. I'll. I'll send it to you. Um, all right, here we go. Why is the first thing you sent me was Kingpin Xbox? Because <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Oh. All right, there you go. You have that. Um, oh, this is Reddit. Oh, fun. <laughs> uh, so the Mandalorian is preparing to film a sequence for the third season of the series. The sequence is currently casting actors and finding creative ways to use fan costumes to fill around 75 different suits of Mando armor. Oh, and like you saw samples of various swords. Some of the armors had both a fed vibe. And their armor. Oh, and uh, credits to who made this post? Because this is from user, Pure Beskar. Yeah, Pure Beskar. Yeah, congrats to you, bud. Well, yeah. So, um, the so this first part, the all of these stuff that I said was fa- was quote unquote facts. So the stuff that like he, he he's seen. This guy's seen. But the stuff that he he's heard that's rumors, is is, is, is sort of the plot. So if you guys don't want to know anything anything about the plot, uh, skip forward like thirty seconds. Uh, disparate individual Mandalorians from around the galaxy answer a call Din sends out to the galaxy for help. Din's legend is growing throughout the galaxy as rumors of a true Mandalore returning is heard throughout the galaxy. When Din makes the call, it is answered by more Mandos than you ever could have imagined, and we could see some of Maul's Mandos come back. Uh, actually, I I do think it'd be like a little bit of like the Rise of Skywalker combined. Oh yeah, but this is earned. They earned this. They earned this, and then uh, you also get some of Source Clone Wars, uh, Mandalore. Mm-hmm. You get that too. So that actually, I'm pretty. That's pretty exciting. Like so, yeah. Your Mandalore thing seems. If these are actually all true, then yeah, this seems a lot. Of this seems a lot more plausible. Like, oh, they're all in like the city, and like, oh, yeah. who is Mandalore's current the Empire? Is Mandalore's currently? I actually think that maybe that's where Moff Gideon is, is holding his base. Because Mayfeld, remember Mayfeld Moff said... Moff under in prison right now. Oh, he's in prison. But I think that that's like where his main base was. Because um, he had the sword. So. He, had, he, he had the sword. He had... Um, I think at the end of season one... I've not seen season one in a long time. I'm going to go, go, go back and rewatch before Boba Fett. But... 
I think Din says that they have they like he was sort of like a regent or something on Mandalore. And remember in season two, no, yeah, in season two, Mayfeld says that Mandalore do, no longer exists, and Boba sa- says that the Empire t- turned it to glass. Right, and you. Also I, I think it still exists. You also saw that Rebels too, like they're yeah. on the Mandalore, like uh, surface, and it's all just glass. We haven't seen an actual Mandalore city since Star Wars: Clone Wars season five. Uh, series now. Yeah. And so that we can't go back and be like, oh, well, here's the whole pretty city. Exactly. Now you're probably going to see a bunch of ruins, a lot of fire. I'd love to see that. Um, so to finish up the this story about Adam Driver. Oh, we're going back here. <laughs> no, so, so, so just the last thing, just, just this thing here, and then we got the last big, big news thing to talk about. Oh, that's cool. Uh, of the rest of the actors, I don't think that Boyega is going to come back. He's he's yeah, he's, he's been adamant that he's not returning. Was it him that said that like that like he wouldn't come back if like un- unless it it was JJ or am I thinking about like a DC thing? Uh, I think it was Ray Fisher with. Yeah, I and I, I knew that. Yeah, and then I, this real quick. I might have conflated that with John Boyega because I they have the same problem right now. Their characters were underused. So for- underused. The original story that like. And, and then I, I do believe that like Finch that like John Boyega shot some really great stuff for, for Finn that we didn't see. If if nothing else, I believe that happened. John Boyega? Because uh, he, he said as much in like on Instagram back when, when they were filming. Oh yeah, no, you were right. It was John Boyega was uh it had to be with JJ. Uh, John Boyega yeah, opened return to Star Wars. Oh, courtesy of Entertainment Weekly. Okay, so that's good. That's wrong. Uh, so John Boyega yeah, open return to Star Wars if Kathleen Kennedy and JJ Abrams are both involved. All he right. said he'd be open to the conversation. Uh, if uh, whichever way, I am open to the conversation as long as Kathleen and JJ and maybe someone else and the team. It's a no brainer. Uh, he said this on. Did he? He said before after the movie came out. Uh, this was a 2020 interview with Jake's Takes uh, from 2020. Alright. So, I saw the movie. Okay. He's like, the fact that John Boyega references Kathleen J.J. and the team and his response implies that it would be interesting returning the franchise that he was most comfortable he was working with. Like, he won return with, like, uh, Ryan Johnson yeah. or anything like that. And that's the thing that I know noticed with The Last Jedi. I'm going to talk about this a lot more there. Going to The Last Jedi! Right. The whole topic of this So, thing. anyway, uh, Oscar Isaac... I don't think he's come back. He, I think, in in all the interviews, he's been the most tired with Star Wars. I mean, so he's gotten a lot of. He's do he we, we don't he know has if he's Moon Knight right now. He's Moon Knight. He's joining the MCU. Joining the MCU, and then he also just did Dune, which we don't know if, he, if he's come back for the second one. We don't know that, and then, but the also thing the with Oscar Isaac, he also voiced Resistance too. That's true. But, and I mean, so, that's just, like, a couple days in an yeah. air-conditioned studio in London. Or California. But probably. we also look at is he has the most upside potential for coming back. Because, like, yeah. what I was talking about here, if you wanted to do uh, The Republic... So, there was a comic called... Uh, this was a Star Wars comic. It was... Uh, it was... It predates... It's right after Return of the It's this whole thing I was talking about. It's Shattered right Empire? after... What? what was this uh, Shattered Empire? Yes. Okay. 
And so they're coming right back, and it's what Han Solo and the whole game does after they take down this facility and they realize that the Empire has like, like a whole, I'm gonna kill Naboo after, it's like uh, Operation Cinder. Got it. And so with this this whole little journey, I have all three books. Uh, Aftermath. The books are called Aftermath. Aftermath. That's and then Shattered Empire is the comic series. The comic series talks about his two parents. Yeah, Shara so Char- Bay and then Kazdamra. Yes. And so, if you want to do the Republic series, you can have the parents and then the journey of Oscar Isaac from a kid to a doll. I'd love to see that. And so, what you could do with that and then have Han Solo. I wouldn't mind bringing them all back if they did good CGI. I like their CGI. They do good CGI. Put that into a show with some great actors like... Uh, Lucky Barnes actor. God, I'm Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan looks great. Yeah. Oh my! You could alter his face and like mid. You could Snapchat filter his face and look perfectly like Luke. Yeah, yeah. Um. And when I still thought that Rogue Squadron was happening, which there's no way that movie's happening now. There's no way that's happening. Rogue Squadron's happening. Rogue Squadron's not happening. No, it didn't happen. Why wouldn't that happen? It didn't have Cardi in it. Oh no! So a couple weeks ago, they um, we heard that it was on hold, right. due due to scheduling conflicts, which is BS. No, that's that's totally fine. It's it's possible, but I mean, there that's I think scheduling conflicts comes down to like, yes, but that's an effect of we script problems and and Kathleen Kennedy not be on the same page as as the directors and the creators that that, that she hired. No, because you gotta remember, all this content is coming out at the mm-hmm. same time. They're trying to make sure that Rogue Squadron would, it, it just my guess, Rogue Squadron would fit into the same scheduling process. So yes. you look at, look at this and you're like, okay, you guys can take this here and you guys can take this here. They, Rogue Squadron is on the back burner for them. I'm, but they also have to make it important because it's their first Star Wars movie in a while. And so they're trying to figure out where to fight that. And so yeah, scheduling is... Scheduling is very possible, but... But that was the official story. Someone who was like a producer, I think, did uh, did an, an interview and said that Rogue Squadron's currently on, on the shelf as and they finally shelved uh, the Johnson movies, the Ryan Johnson movies. Um, just because like they're not interested in not that they're not interested, just like. All right, well, so this just moves right into this next story we have about Rangers of the New Republic. Oh, there was a transition there. Let's just, it was That's bumbling. a great transition. It was, it, was, it was a drunk bumbling transition, but let's move on. Great transition. Uh, so, yes, there. we heard about six months ago that Rangers of the, of the New Republic was not currently oh. in active development. Oh, yeah, because, you know, uh, Gina Carano. Yeah, Gina Carano. Yeah. She fired. <laughs> Yeah, she made comics and got, got the consequences for it, which is completely fine. Yeah. I, I mean, when, when people... Republicans are not as tricky as badly as Jews oh, in no. World War II era. When, Prefacing that now. When people say that, like, it's unfair, they're like, yeah, freedom of speech goes... Yeah, yeah she, speech she, goes. she can say that, but Disney has, their, has the right to not want to be associated with her. Freedom of speech equals freedom of consequences. The... One of the best... Um, there, there, there's been so many great uh, uh, analogies for it. just the first one being 
I can in- insult your mother, but that does mean that, that you have to invite me into your home. Oh, sure. sure, sure. You know? Like, just because of things that Gina your said, opinion, I don't agree with Gina whatsoever, but... You may have your opinion, but I can also call your opinion wrong, dumbass. Mm-hmm. And, and look, and like, if people want to say, well, the t-shirt, like, uh, like, right now, you know, like, Pedro Pascal has said some things, you know? Lucasfilm, or Disney, I should say, asked him to stop, and he, and he stopped. Di- Disney asked Leticia Wright to, to stop, like, spreading certain beliefs on the set of Black Panther 2, and she, for a time, has stopped it. And I think that she still has, I think it comes down to personal politics of why she cannot... Why, why she's just re- refusing to get vaccinated. But... Yeah, and the one... And but, but she stopped saying though, though, those things on set, so she still has a job. Now, whether she keeps that job, because if she can even get back to the States to keep filming the movie is, is another question. Wait, oh, uh, wait. Uh, Shuri on Black Panther 2. Oh, yeah, the anti-vaxxer. Yeah. Um, wait, so... But also, she stopped saying that, so she still has a job. That Patrick has also... What he didn't even say was anything near what Gina Carano said. What he was said is he was comparing Nazis to the Confederates and the Republicans. What you say? I remember that. I remember that. I remember like when he, uh, Biden won. He he posted like, Pedro Pascal. Ooh. <laughs> uh, losers. Yeah, I remember. Losers that post. in 1865. Losers in 1945. And now losers, losers in 2020. 2020. And they got all butt hurt because like he's comparing Nazis to Republicans and Confederates because they're both racist. <laughs> yeah. Um, not Republicans, the Trump supporters. So let's get that. Republicans is a political view. Yes. Trump supporters are Trump. Well, what I say is patriots. The quote, the quote unquote patriots. That's what they Trump call themselves. Team. No, they. The Proud Boys. The Proud, Proud Boys. Let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Proud, let's confirm my premise. Okay. There you go. Moving on. Moving um, on. Now, what Kathleen Kennedy recently said with Empire about Rangers was, "We never written any scripts or anything on that." Some of that will figure in, in, into future episodes, I'm sure, of The Mandalorian. Yeah, I don't... I fully agree with this de- decision. Yeah, Rangers, I didn't... After the failure of Squadrons... Not failure, but like... Uh, been, Squadrons is nowhere near what they thought it would be. No. I've, I've played the game like three times. I struggled to play the game, but then like the load times are just too much of it. Oh, yeah. And then um, you look at it and you go... Well, Rangers, you already have a actor people aren't liking right now. Yeah. And then what I'm just said about is you could have gotten Harrison Dula. That's probably what Rangers was gonna be there. Uh maybe. Well, what what other Rangers? I be? think that, that 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 she was gonna be in the show. I don't I don't think that she was gonna be like a main character. I feel you're like I thought they were gonna like do Rangers and like like maybe like, like, like a side character like like recurring it like. May, may maybe a guest in season one, like current in season two, and then like main season three. The consistent one ant of the show. Yeah, I love you guys. I I got my skill set here. Um. Yeah, I mean, so basically, I agree with the de- de- decision to cancel the show. I agree with that decision because they have. It's like it's like the uh, it's like the water that you never drink at a fancy restaurant. No, no, not the water. Not the, not the water. It's like the... Explain your analogy. It's like the appetizer you order just to order it at, like, a giant restaurant. Like, you say, you, like, you're going out to friends. We're going out with friends, like, 16, like, like 10 friends. Like, you need to have, like, 10 friends. Yeah. 
and you go out to like a giant restaurant, like a pizza place, and you get like a nice, like fancy pizza place, and you all get a bunch of appetizers, and you all look at the appetizers like, oh, let's get the fried mushrooms, let's get the mozzarella sticks, let's get calamari. They're like, should we get the fried zucchini? <laughs> and like three people are like, no, the fried zucchini sounds interesting. And then like everyone else is like, you know what? If you guys order the fried zucchini, I'll have a bite. But if you guys <laughs> lose interest in the fried zucchini, I won't support it. Everyone out here is lost support in Rangers of the Republic. And at once Lucasfilm was like, well, our lead actor for that is no longer here. You compare Everyone's, this to restaurants. You're like, this is like a restaurant. <laughs> Everyone here just no longer wants the fried zucchini. So let's cancel the fried zucchini. That that was a roller coaster. Anyway. It uh, works. It does work. Okay. Sorry, I'm playing. I'm, what I'm going to compare that to is sort of an idea of a new... Not even just Pirates of the Caribbean, but a Jack Sparrow project without Johnny Depp. No one wants that because the people... Wait, I'm sorry, backtrack. I just lost all control. There was um, a report a couple of days or, or like a week ago, I think, that Disney's developing a Jack Sparrow solo project without Johnny Depp. Here's oh, why that's a bad idea. Here's why that's a bad idea. Like, I mean, regardless of the fact that no one cares about Pirates anymore. About that franchise. Yeah, true. Well, actually, I The first one was good. The first one was great. Two and three were fine. Four sucks, and five is awful. I don't watch it from, like, the perspective of, like, a movie watcher. I watch it because I just, like, jump jump Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's a great actor. Great actor. We're not going to talk about that whole thing because I feel like that's a lot more serious than the whole thing. We're not going to talk about that, but the point is... Is that... The people who hate Johnny Depp... Who hate Johnny Depp. As in like... It can be proven beyond the shadow of a doubt that like he did not do what he's accused of. Yes. And they, they will still hate him. Conversely, the people who love Johnny Depp... If it's proved like beyond the, the shadow of a doubt that everything that he's been accused of is, is only a small fraction of everything that he's done... They will still love him. So, it, the, also the fact of the matter is... My, I was talking about this with my mom a couple of months ago. I was like, hey, mom, you see all the new evidence that say that Johnny Depp didn't do anything? He's like, well, and he's like, that, uh, who, who is even, uh, Amber Heard. Amber Heard, yeah. Like, paid off a bunch of the people. He's like, what makes you think that Johnny Depp didn't pay off the same people? And then That's you, you don't know what to do behind closed doors. And so it's, it comes down to what the court decides. And no matter what the court decides, Disney is done with him as a pirate character. And the fans can do very little as to what they want. They can either exactly. go watch it or Disney cannot even make the movie at all. Well, the, the, what I was saying is that, like, if they were to... If, like, the people who, who love him will not watch a Jack Sparrow thing without him. The people who hate him will not watch a Jack Sparrow thing with him. It does not matter. It's the idea of the character. People just need to move on from it. And recasting would bring up this whole thing again. Yeah. Especially with, like, the climate of not just Star Wars, not just politics today, but putting those two things together. Yeah. Um, Because I 
I, I don't think it's overstating to say that people get as defensive about Star Wars as they do about politics. Oh, definitely, because also, remember, Star Wars is a giant analogy for real-world politics. Exactly. And so, it's about, well, so they bring the two together all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, mean, I think that, the, that we both agree with the, deci- with the decision to cancel the series. Yeah, and, and and to figure those elements into the Mandalorian season three. I'm fine with us not ordering the fried zucchini. <laughs> if um, that fried zucchini happens to be a side on the pizza, yeah, I'll take it. Okay, um, pizza is Mandalorian. We're all eating We're all we're all loving that Mandalorian pizza, that Din Djarin shaped pizza, that, that Mando tea. That beautiful pizza. Pedro Pascal face pepperoni. I want a Grogu pizza. <laughs> I can make that easily. It's easy. I bet. But there's one thing in there that Kathleen Kennedy said that was interesting. Which was that we never wrote anything on that. No scripts were written. Now, here's why I think that's... Now, well, they don't have scripts, they don't have concept art. Exactly. But, now, if this... Now, we heard that there was a Cara Dune show that, that was going to be announced at Disney yesterday. But they... they I thought that was that too. Bec- but because of everything that happened, they're like, you know what? Let's not. It, it makes sense that maybe they decided to not start to write scripts or anything until she was on more secure footing. Yeah. But the point is, is that they still announced a show with nothing written. Yeah. They I had think- an inkling of an idea. They had a show announced with a logo that nothing was done for, and clearly it was the same with Rogue Squadron. And I highly doubt that movie's gonna happen. I feel like going back to the restaurant analogy, it's like, you know, I, like I love food, I like restaurants. I, I want a full podcast of you talking about restaurants. I'll talk about restaurants all day long. Not, not on this one though. So let's say that uh, a restaurant announces that they're coming out with a new drink in like for the winter season. Come around winter for our new mocha hot chocolate, blah blah blah. And Turns out that mocha hot chocolate's racist. I don't know how the mocha hot chocolate's racist. But everyone's like, well, I don't really want to drink this mocha hot chocolate in four months. And so what the restaurant has done is now said, well, we didn't buy any of the mocha hot chocolate. And so it's not really a downfall on our side. That mocha hot chocolate was already part of us with our summer drinks with the mocha and the hot chocolate being separate. But we took the mocha and the hot chocolate out, that being Gina Carano, and we were going to add some new elements for the winter season. And then everyone's like, no, we're not going to watch that now. We're not going to eat that now. And so now the restaurant's like, okay, we're just not going to do that for the winter season. We've lost no money, and we now know the audience won't take it. So, yeah. No lost money on Lucasfilm and Disney's side, and no one's upset because they weren't going to watch it in the first place. Racist hot chocolate. <laughs> are you okay? Are you in disbelief or you just don't agree with me? I, I'm trying to wrap my head around what you just said. Please don't please don't keep explaining. <laughs> I'm explaining. Anyway. I got another hour here. But here's here's every and I and I did a list of this, Michael. Here's everything that's been cancelled. Okay, so here's a bit I'm gonna start by saying this. I highly doubt that the Rogue Squadron is happening. If it happens, I'm going to be thrilled. 
But in my mind, that is a dead project. That is a dead project in my mind. I don't think that I I I don't think that Taika's thing's gonna happen. As much as, as sad as that, well, so Taika Waititi is directing a movie. What the hell is that even about? You have no idea. We just know that. Oh, okay. I I think that Taika is a great director, so I hope that he does get to do that. I don't think it, I I really don't know if it's gonna happen though. Um, but what they've done is. So basically, here's everything that's been canceled or reworked. Josh Trank's Boba Fett movie, which we know that that's what that was. That that was, I think, just confirmed this week that, that he was working on the Boba Fett thing that was canceled. We heard about a Yoda movie. The Kenobi movie. Uh-huh. A, a Cantina movie. Wait, we heard about all this stuff? Yes. I missed all of this. Yeah, this was like four years ago. Oh, then. A Jabba movie. You were talking about this in sixth grade? No. I just, I was a fan oh, in sixth grade. I remember the announcements. Or not announcements, but like reports. Oh, all right. Then, all right. I just, I was very much out. Okay, all right. Uh, obviously Rogue Squadron. The Ryan Johnson trilogy. The, the, the Benioff and Weiss series. Alright. Um, this was never announced or reported, but you know that this was going to happen. Solo 2. You know that, 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 that Solo 2 is going to happen. Um, Rangers of the New Republic and or a Cara Dune series, because we don't know if, if those two things were the same. Um, Star Wars Underworld. Those are all the things that were canceled or reworked. But you can then look at the track record that Kathleen Kennedy has had. Not just Kathleen Kennedy, all of Lucasfilm. We can't all of Lucasfilm, but... We can't just say Kathleen that's right, in that's right. front of everything's word. Because Kathleen Kennedy really hasn't done much bad, and it's just... But, but when you're the president of the company, right. you, it's, you, it, it, it's like every loss is your loss, and, and every victory is your victory. Right, and so I feel like... You wouldn't... It all comes down to her. It all comes down to her. You don't want to Kevin Feige for Eternals failure. But Eternals is also the first failure in 20... Uh, after 25 movies. Right. And so... Uh... Yeah, I guess it's just... Kevin Kennedy, we can't just throw Kevin... We have... I feel like... Uh... It's just a nitpicky thing. And you guys should know that she's the one who matched Favreau and Filoni together. Yeah. She did that. She matched them together... What did the potentials like? Yeah, these guys slap. She, she heard Favreau's pitch, and she said, "This is great. I'm gonna partner you up with Dave Filoni, and Here. and he's gonna teach you about the prequels and, and why they're great, and you are gonna teach him how to do uh, some some live action stuff." Here, duck fat fries, meat, wide you steak. Here you go. <laughs> Listen, yesterday I'm on a food craze because yesterday was my mom's birthday. She took us out to this great restaurant and I had a Wagyu butt steak. I can now say I've had a butt steak in my life. You know what that butt steak tastes like? It was the best butt I've ever eaten. I cannot wait to go back through this podcast and get all this audio. Uh, uh, you don't get comments on Spotify, right? 50, no, I don't think so. But yeah. you can on Twitter. Um, anyway, but... 
Yeah, it's... I'm just going to spam and butt Steve in the comments. I think that Lucasfilm is kind of a mess right now. And they've, they, they've been a mess since... I think a mess is over... I think they're just... They, because Lucasfilm has partnered with the MCU and Disney, so they have to match it up to where Disney gets the most money in the bank for their buck. Yeah. You they, also know how much stuff Disney and Marvel is coming out with in the coming years. So they're going to partner up. I don't think Lucasfilm is a mess. They also just know that Lucasfilm's time as the major content ever since Rise of Skywalker came is on, as I said, the back burner. Marvel is true. still the reigning force for content right now. And you mm-hmm. see what their Phase 4 is going to look like. Star Wars pales in comparison. As much as I hate to say it, Star Wars will be paying in comparison for the rest of its time. Yeah. You, unless you get, unless uh, whatever this Old Republic trilogy comes in and sweeps in for like the span of 10 years, you're not going to have a massive amount of, you're not going to get the hype that She-Hulk, Moon Knight. Uh, I, I, I think that those projects probably. They won't get but like, hype, but you will get hype for Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Doctor Oh, Street. yeah. All this hype, because they have movies. Star Wars does not have movies right now. They have shows. But yeah, but here's the thing, and this is something I was talking about a couple weeks ago, I think. Star Wars will always be a movie franchise. Right. Whenever it's reported of, like, if there's ever the report of, like, a Yoda series, it'll be a Yoda spin-off series. Like, even right. if it's, like, the man, like the Mandalorian is referred to, which is completely original. See, season one is connected to Star Wars in name only and ideas. Like there are no characters from anything in season one of the Mandalorian. It's all original characters except for Boba's legs, which we didn't what? even hear about until halfway through season two. Remember at, at the end of episode five um, on Tatooine uh, when like we see Fennec Shand. Is lying dead in the sand. Uh, and then... Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the point is that... The announcement of a new Star Wars series will always be referred to as a spinoff. We had the... No, that was a robot bartender in the most size of the canteen. Yeah. And, and that was also confirmed that that was not the same guy from Jabba's Palace. Yes. So... Yeah. Uh, just to me... I'm not counting Star Wars as being quote-unquote real until it's wrapped production. Which means to me the only quote-unquote real Star Wars that we have coming out is The Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Andor. Mando Season 3 is filming. Um, we know that Ahsoka and Acolyte are gearing up to shoot. We have not heard about Lando in a, in a while. Yes, let's go. I heard about Lando in, in, in a while. Michael's getting another drink. I'm not going to edit this out because it's too funny. So before... Before we get into The Last Jedi, main topic. Oh my god. We've got some... Down the floor, play, we, have, <laughs> we have some, some listener f- feedback to get to. There's listener feedback? There is. Oh my this, god. This was sent- not any, none of it pertains to me. No. <laughs> not yet. It will next week. I can listen to your criticism. Yes. So the boss said to us on Twitter, at Enigma underscore 57, 
said, just listen to your latest pod at Tuscan Radio Pod. I feel your pain and disappointment. I think that Dave Filoni and John Favreau should be given the Feige role. Get different directors, get overall, but overall creative story should be under the guidance of these two geniuses. I completely, I think that maybe John Favreau, like I think that we need Kathleen Kennedy to be there as an executive, but not as creative. I think you put in John Favreau in the Feige role in terms of being creative. I think that's great. I think you give. I think that there's just these three. It's just these three. Oh. I think that Dave Filoni. Wow. I think you give Dave Filoni a role, maybe more along lines of like the Russo brothers. It exploded on you, not of me. Of the Russo brothers and um, or like James Gunn. Someone who's a big part of it. James Gunn would not be the best for Star Wars unless you really wanted to go crazy with Star Wars. Oh no, I don't. I don't think that James Gunn's good for Star Wars. I think I think James Gunn should stick with DC after Guardians Three. Yeah, I think that Suicide Squad was fantastic, and I think it just fits his style better than Guardians does. Guardians and Suicide Squad. He needs like ragtag group of people. Star Wars does not have a rag grab. Well, it does. It just uh, does that way too much. Like, everything's got a ragtag group of people. Yeah, you need, if he did, like, a Rebels movie, which he would never do because they don't need a Rebels movie at all. You have too many of those. He could, also, he could sort of do Bad Batch. He could. But, but you need to kill off some characters. He killed off a lot of characters. Yeah, a lot. Um, yeah, dude. But, like, I think Dave Filoni, sort of like the Russo brothers who directed, you know, the, the Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame. Something, something like that where, like, he, he, they're a big part of it, but they focus on like one thing at a time. I think that's where Dave Filoni should fall. I think John Favreau should be more the Kevin Feige. And then Kathleen Kennedy should be executive only. She shouldn't, she, she should get creative input, but the writers and directors and people who are creative should get to have the final say over their product story. I feel like if we, my only problem with this, oh, if it's only three times, we need to go over here. Oh, no, just only three times, it's a lot, actually. Um, I feel like Dave Filoni does a lot better when he doesn't have to manage everything. Yep. What he did with Star Wars is he wasn't the head manager of Star Wars and Clone Wars. No, that, that was still George. That was still George, and George handled all of it. The government controls the whole U.S. The owner controls the whole restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> You know who controls the small stuff in the man- restaurant? The manager. I like Dave Filoni in a manager role more because if he gets the manager, he can see all the small stuff that goes on. If he's the, if he's the creative director of everything and not just tiny shit, because he is the creative director of Lucasfilm. Yes. So, but if he's gave, a creative director of Lucasfilm. A. But if you made him like the main big Haas poncho, you made him the owner of the restaurant, he wouldn't be able to do all the small stuff he's doing now because he'd be worried with everything. I feel like the more small attention he gives on the one child, and like the more attention he gives on the one table and one dish, at times it'll taste so much better. Exactly. And so you wouldn't be able to get the Dave Filoni and John Favreau matter you know, if you spread them out over. You can't divide all that into multiple shows. Which is something like I, I'm sort of like, will the like will the quality of the MCU drop with the number of projects that they have? I feel like. Well, so, Kevin Feige's still in charge of the restaurant. You know, you have... Ta-da! That's funny, Michael. Good job, Michael. Thank Michael made, made a pyramid out of soda cans. Yay. Um, 
So they've been doing the same thing for the past 20 years with Marvel? Thir- yeah. 13. Yeah, 13. 14, 15 years. Yeah. And they haven't... Their drop in quality and even drop is relative. Eternals wasn't a drop. It was just a lower dip. And it's like an 80 when you've been scoring 80s on all your stuff. I don't think that Eternals is even a drop in quality for a film in general. I think it is for a Marvel film. I, I think that looking at Eternals as a movie... Is great. Looking at it as a Marvel movie is, you know, not so much. And I, I'm gonna say this, guys. I really wanted to love Eternals. I it was my my most anticipated movie. I really wanted to love it. and I just didn't. I just didn't. Yeah, it's. I like the world burning. Oh, this is, this, I, I'm not even gonna start. I'm gonna cut myself off You're gonna, from the dessert. The dessert is glare for a Marvel podcast. This okay. Is a Star Wars podcast. All right. Uh, the boss goes on to say, uh, totally agree with your views on Taika as a director. The people who did The Mandalorian should be given the creative control of Star Wars. Hunt for the, the Wilder pe- people is a lot of okay emojis. I, I, I'm not sure that means it's great or it's just okay. I love that the movie. The boss wants minimum wage worker using the emojis. Get out of here, the boss with emojis. He reinvented Thor. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that everyone who has directed an episode of The Mandalorian has done a fantastic job. I think, honestly, if you want to look at The Mandalorian and just compare that to the MCU, you can see what Favreau's done, which is just like, he, he's directed one episode, but you can tell it's very much his story. He did not direct anything in season one. Uh, and he's, think- he's assembled uh, a great team of directors the same way that Kevin Feige did. The boss's uh, comment on reinventing Thor. Well, he did. Well, Taika did reinvent Thor, and I love him so much for that because the, the Thor, uh, Ragnarok, Rag, Rag, is a great movie. I do not think Star Wars needs reinventing. I just think it needs new perspectives and uh, yeah. just branching out. The tree does not need to be a new tree. The tree just needs to branch out more. And so, if you reinvent. Star Wars, what you get is a lot of angry people and a lot of confusion of where you want to go. Yeah, and I mean, looking at the sequels, look at look at the sequels with the Force Awakens. Star Wars fans are like it's too similar. Look, look at the Last Jedi; it's too different. The Rise of Skywalker. I think you know you wanted a good balance. I think that movie makes a good balance. It's just the things that it's balancing are not great. Between new and old. And uh, George always said, it's like poetry, it, it rhymes. You know? Sorry, I'm disagreeing with a girl that doesn't like steak. <laughs> She's not a vegan, she doesn't like steak. Um, Funny. Hey, uh, can you... Um, sorry to cut you off there, but... That's fine. Uh, I was done. Um, uh, so, last shy, I just... If we want to get into this... We got one more piece of feedback, and then we're, we're going to get into it. You look into it, it's the two similar, it's the two different. No one cares. I cared. So, Force Awakens and New Hope, it showed us how similar it could be with how different it could be. So, I liked what they did with their. Oh, you got the three main characters. Oh my god. But they also showed you how much. And then the only different bad similarities is they used the same villain and the same plot. And they tried to make that plot seem a little bit bigger. Star Killer Base it was just the Death Star, but on a bigger scale. They didn't have anything new there. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to make that trilogy better, in my opinion, it's they introduced Palpatine at the start. Exactly. 
they don't outshoot Alpine on the tail end and don't make this whole scene seem disconnected. Or at least tease him, him at the start and we get the reveal in The Last Jedi. Right. And you don't get the whole, all right, the first thing is they're on, they just killed Starkiller Base and now they gotta go somewhere else. And then the second whole movie is on their own run. And the third whole movie is, oh my god, Palpatine's here. What? They're on the run to Palpatine's here? Yeah. Uh, so last thing right here. The the boss says, absolutely one hundred percent agree with your views of Rogue One. One hundred percent agree. What I say? You, no, you said one hundred percent. It's a stamina was one hundred percent on like a ninety-eight. Uh, absolutely one hundred percent agree with your views on Rogue One. One of my go-to movies if I'm bored and nothing else to watch, and/or as a series we're getting because of Rogue One. So maybe we'll be able to get some backstory for some of those characters. I think we're just going to see backstories of Cassian. And if the show gets a season two, then we'll see some K2 in there. Because we, we, we know that Alan Tudyk is not in the first season. Oh, yeah. Because he, he did say that. Because they announced him as part of the series, and then he said, yeah, I'm not in season one. Which makes me sad. Which makes me sad. Because I really well, I, love I that Well, I remember the comments and how yep. they hacked him at the end. Yeah, but yeah, I, I completely agree with... Yeah, sure. Uh, Andor is not just him in K2SO. Yeah. It's, you know, he has a, he killed people for the rebellion. He was a kid for the rebellion. Yeah, if if you want to send in feedback, there are many ways to do it. Uh, I think the best way to do it is just uh, tweet at us, not angrily though. Uh, unangrily t- tweet at us at Tuscan Radio Pod on Twitter or send in an email, TuscanRadio at gmail.com. Okay, it's main event time, Michael. Oh my would, god! Would WWE you, SmackDown. We are seventy minutes in. Jesus. Seventy minutes a in. Lot. We got like a half hour left. All right. Do you want to start off talking about why? To, to start off with, with your views on the last Jedi. All right. And then okay. I I will listen. I will listen. You will listen. And then I will respond at the end with my rebuttal and my thoughts on the last show. And then you will give me a, a, a rebuttal right. as well. And then right. uh, we'll be done because it's going to be very respectful today. All right. All right. Wait, first, did you rewatch the, the movie today? I did rewatch the movie. All right. While I was playing Halo. Okay, that's fine. On a different tab. I would switch to it when I die. Okay. That was often. <laughs> and so I rewatched it. And I looked for everything. I looked for my points of views. I looked for uh, different points of views on why they did things. My whole thing, my biggest problem with the last guy is it's disconnected. It's trying, it's like a loose, it's connected by a few loose threads, but it's just, it's plugged into the wrong things. Yeah, what you have is, you have a plot of the rebellion running and hanging on to scraps. And then you have the whole internal rebellion just kind of fighting with each other aboard the ship. And while Finn's off doing something else, and with Rose Tico, and at the end of the movie, they're hinted at a kid being Force-sensitive, and then you see the depression of Luke Skywalker, which is a great story that I felt like they could have built on more, because what else do you have? You have a broken master that used to be the greatest legend in the whole universe. And so... You have that brokenness. I wish they expanded more on that and gave us more with Ray and Luke and why Ray would be so great in the last night. Uh And then they have Poe against General... Holo. Holo. 
and hold up. And so that whole little internal among us, like, there's an imposter on the ship. Oh, God, no. Someone's sus. Oh, God, I hate myself for that. And Chewie's a sussy baka. Shut up. No, you that. can't do that. Mine was bad, but that's just worse. <laughs> but uh, I see why they did it all. You have Ryan Johnson's not a bad director. He's a great director. I love Knives Out. Knives Out, and I love some of his other work. That I can't name right now because it's not as relevant to me right now. Looper. You seen that movie? Looper? Yeah. Time travel movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that movie. I think Ryan Johnson's crap. It was like 10 at that time. I don't have a good deal. You watched it when you were 10? Yeah. I don't know. AMC channels, a good channel. Alright. And so, uh, I see why they had the whole plot of Resistance is running, they need to go to Crate. That all makes sense. Because they're on the run. The whole fuel thing of the need fuel. Sure. It's the first time they mentioned fuel is the main problem. I do not like that the fuel is the main problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. And then they need a hyperspace route. I felt that that could have been done very soon in the movie. It's just the opposite. It's just... Um, it's like the reverse of Empire Strikes Back. And then the whole Ray and Luke thing is... Everyone's shocked by how little Luke wants to help. What they don't realize is uh, Luke is so destroyed after the Je- his Jedi Temple breaking. And Rey just comes up with a lightsaber and expects to be trained. Because she's like, oh my god, it's a great legend. They don't... It's partly Lucas's... Lucas, uh, it's partly their fault because they never showed us how devastating and how much world-building Luke had to do to bring the Temple back. All the fear of all the Jedi Masters coming back all over the universe. And coming back, it's like, alright, we're starting new. Only to be destroyed by someone he's related to again. His father destroyed the whole Jedi Temple. His father was Darth Vader. And now his nephew is now Kylo Ren. Who has now been killing and doing stuff. Not killing a whole room of younglings, but... You know, killing whole villages. Well, he, almost, he did kill a whole room of younglings, presumably. Presumably, no, they were about teenagers his age. No, young younglings. It's fine. Uh, it's mixed. And so, his. So he decides to take the one part of him that's been in his family for generations. He disconnects himself from the Force. The de- depression of Luke Skywalker and the, his mental destroyed state uh, is so powerful. And how it speaks of how devastating the Star Wars universe can be. And how the dark side and the light side can conflict so much. And how it destroys famous parts and destroys people. And so his whole redemption throughout the movie of... Alright, he's a destroyed Jedi Island that's been drinking titty milk. <laughs> from an alien. And fishing. And his X-Wing is synced below an island. With the dark side literally on this island infecting it. The dark side has infected Luke. Not in a zombie sort of sense, but in a, it immobilized him. It made him not the loose hour for really much the maniac he is. And at the end of the movie, he takes on, not his ass project, he ass projects across the whole universe, takes out whatever remaining force, whatever lift he has at the end of the universe, and goes against eight ATM six walkers. I forgot. And his nephew. What? I, I forgot what like the actual name for those was. ATMs. Alright. 
I think so. I remember that one. That does sound right. It, yeah. I'm just going to bowl it. Goes up, basically kicks his nephew's ass without fighting, and then saves the rebellion again. That is a great arc. And then Ray's going on. She gets the Jedi training she needs. She gets the book. We see Yoda again. She's on the crack path. We see her use her force powers on a mainstream scale. She didn't fight anyone that whole movie. What she did is she took a movie herself, disconnected herself from the conflict, and looked at the whole conflict on a widescreen scale. It's like, this is what's happening here, this is what's happening here. We just need to go, I need to train, I need to get better, I need to go save the rebellion now, and now the rebellion can go start new because we've escaped now, they don't have the hyperspace track around us. The Finn and Rose stuff is just a plotless filled. Because they need... But it's, it's a little bit stupid the way they did it. Uh, Canto Bite, they tried to create a message in here that like the war trading, uh, that the that the profiteering from the First Order Rebellion created a whole uh, rich society, and they tried to do a message on the rich and how they profit from uh, wars and uh, pollution and stuff. I get that. You know, Star Wars has always been commentary on the real world, like we said earlier. But it's always... The way they did it, they tried to make it relevant to the story and give us Rose Kiko. We saw her sister die at the start of the movie. Granted, she can't this character more. And then, what happens to Rose Tico and Rise Skywalker? She's just there. So, you created a character for a movie. You didn't create a character for another movie. And then Finn, we wanted so much from Finn. We saw him in real life at the start of the movie. You saw the posters for him. He looked amazing. He, the potential... We were all just disappointed with how little potential that Finn had. I'm just disappointed in that too. That is my... When, when I think... Of my biggest disappointment. With Grace. In, in, in all three... In, in the sequel trilogy as a whole. It is... How they wasted the character of him. And you all, I also wanted the perspective of... Do they do it for China? Do they do it for the other countries? Is it pandering? And well, maybe, maybe not. You never know. And you can't really ask, yo, were you guys... Because if you ask them, they'll say no. Yo, did you guys remove John Boyega for from the posters on the international release? <coughs> Disney's gonna give you something, and they're not gonna say anything now because they'll tell you it's a six-year-old movie. And so, like five years, I don't know how old. Force Awakens is six-year-old. Force Awakens then four years. Yeah. Twenty seventeen movie. Mm-hmm. And so, and like my last script with it is. Um, Kylo, I love, so, actually, one of the pros here is, they had amazing cinematography throughout the movie. Oh, absolutely. This is a beautifully shot movie. The holo shot is beautiful. Kara, however, you're like, well, why don't they just sit in hyperspace? It's a Kyle Kali bomber. It's like a once-in-a-lifetime thing with a giant... Finn, Finn says in the next movie, come on, that shot was one in a million. That, that, it was a great shot, and you only use it once. You don't just go into hyperspace a million times just to kill the old movie. Because remember, to go into hyperspace, you need a pilot. And the droids are going to sacrifice themselves. The droids are droids. Unless you're probably going to sacrifice themselves. But, yeah. Well, I guess I'm in charge now. Kamikaze! <laughs> <laughs> and so, you have that shot. And then the whole... The way that they showed Kylo and Rey's... How powerful the partnership was. You got hints of Obi-Wan and Anakin again. You did. 
And you saw it as, well, oh my God, you saw they're fighting with the guards. You saw Kylo on the balance of dark and light again. And that whole scene was perfect. Yeah. And at the end, the betrayal again, you felt the betrayal of, oh my God, Ren, why didn't you just do the thing? Like you're talking to Anakin at the end of the Revenge of the Sith. The end of, oh my God, Anakin, why didn't you just ask Obi-Wan for help? You dummy. And Kylo's like, well, I'm just joining the drugs. You go on the light side and stop with the whole slavery thing, dude. And you know, not kill everyone you see. And so it's just, oh my god, great shot. They did everything. And then you saw Crate. The landscape of Crate is a desolate salt land is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's great. It gives you remnants of Hoth. And then the whole, like that whole, uh, the other thing about Crate is Rose Tico saving Finn. I feel like, you know, I hate me if I'm wrong, but Rose Tico, if she sacrificed herself into the thing instead of Finn doing it, I feel like that would have been a, a greater moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Rose Tico sacrificing herself to save Rebellion like her sister did at the start of the movie. The, because they had like the Yin and Yang necklace too. Yeah. Two sides of the same coin do the same thing. I, I never thought that. I, I, I love that idea. Finn, she saved Finn only for him not to be used in the second movie pretty much at all or the third movie at all and but you have Rose actually meaning something to the story I I had to change up in the last Jedi I would have her sacrifice herself at the end because you didn't really have and Luke's character death at the end because he expelled his energy it was Luke's time what is he going to do is he going to go back into rebellion he's a glorified canon at the end for them if, if you decide to continue on. It's Ray's story. It's not Luke's story at that point in time. And so you gotta pass the torch. And that's what Luke did. And then final take is Snoke just getting killed and being Patsy. I wish we I wanted Palpatine somewhere in there showing that Kylo wasn't gonna be the next good bad. It's Kylo being influenced by Palpatine again. Because then it's more the Anakin because he destroyed Darth Vader's helmet at the end of that. Or was it, no, he destroyed Darth Vader's helmet was destroyed in the third movie. What he was even destroyed? Yeah, it was destroyed because he saw like the lightsaber swing. That's right. Right, maybe no, uh, I tried not thinking about the red sound for too much. Darth Vader helmet destroyed. I remember that they I remember that, like there there's that great shot where it's Ray and, and Ben in the study. And they like destroyed the pedestal that it's on, but I don't, right, know, I, I yeah. don't know if that they, that they actually destroyed the helmet. But then again, we don't know what happened to Ben, to that Star Destroyer, you know, after the Battle of Exodus. Yeah, it was destroyed by, uh, by Kylo and Rey. And so, uh, it's, uh, I would have liked to see more influence from Palpatine in the last shot. I thought like that's part of what was missing. And so, yep. In the, like, the internal conflict of the rebellion, and everyone's like, why didn't Holdo just tell Poe at the start? Holdo didn't know who to trust. For all she knew, Poe could have been uh, Molly inside. It could have been Holdo. Holdo was trying to do the same thing that Poe was, and it's the lack of miscommunication that led them to their downfall. But also created a great moment for Holdo to sacrifice herself. The whole sacrifice, you don't look at the sacrifice for Holdo, you look at the sacrifice of Holdo as, oh my god, she just did the I've, I've shot exactly so yeah that's my whole thing 
So, Last Jedi is a conflicted movie, but it shines in other parts and uh, loses other parts due to the miscommunication of its characters. You could, there's just so much untapped potential, but there's so much it just did wrong that it doesn't warrant it doing that way. So, yeah, that's my take. Now, I am looking at this right now. My take on The Last Jedi is its take as a film and as a Star Wars film. Not as the middle part of a trilogy. Because this is not the middle part of a trilogy. This is... There is a reason, like... You don't say... However many Fast and Furious movies there are. Like, let's say there are eight. There is a reason why it's not called an octology. More than the fact that people just don't know that's a word. But because e- each one is its own thing. Alright. I don't... I don't consider the Thor films to be a trilogy. No, it's a trilogy. I don't... Well, because it's three movies. Yeah, it's a trilogy. But looking at the structure of it... Well, the first two, they're connected very much to the darkness. And then the third one, you have to have... Third one's sort of a reboot. Yeah. I look at... Captain America as a trilogy because yeah. it's the same story thread of you have the duality of Stephen Bucky across all three films. Iron Man's a... I, I, like, I, I think there, there's a series there's a difference between a series of three movies and a trilogy. Iron Man is a three movie trilogy. That's a trilogy. It's the individual Iron Man thing and him connecting with the armor and his real wealth. Yeah. But to me, a tril- the idea of a trilogy... Is one story across three parts. Okay, I see what you mean. It's one story. The Thor films are three separate stories. Captain America is one story. Spider-Man will be three different stories. Spider-Man will be three different stories. Ant-Man will absolutely be three different stories. Yep. We'll we'll see with Guardians, you know. But this is not a middle chapter. This is a, a middle chapter in name only. Right. So that's what I'm going to this as. I I'm gonna really try and look at it as though I'm talking about this in 2017 and not after you know a third film. Don't talk about it. Talk about it like you're talking about it now. Yeah, but then you know you you you, you just get into the stuff of being disappointed by the way that it's ended. Because when I still go back and rewatch the Force Awakens, which which is a lot, I love that movie. I love The Force Awakens. At the end of that movie, I'm still filled with a sense of hope and wonder about what's to come. Yeah. I watch this movie and I'm still intrigued by the ideas of it. And I, I'm anticipating the finale. Right. And I watch The Rise of Skywalker and I get disappointed. <laughs> but... So I, I don't want to have my thoughts of this be sour by episode 9. So I'm going to start off with what I don't like. Uh, no, we're going to start off with the one mixed thing that I have. Okay. I have the good, the bad, and the mixed. The one mixed thing I have in this movie is Haldo. Because there are reasons why... I mean, We've got God wraps up soon, but there are reasons why I think it's good, and those reasons are you know, the resistance is down to the last few people, as as you said, 
she needs to, you know, get, like, she doesn't know who to trust. Right. She has to take over from Leia, and she's probably terrified. Yep. She just has to keep it all very close, close, the best. And, you know, Poe is, you know, trigger happy flyboy. Yep. Again, the res- but on, on the other side of that, the resistance is down to the last few people. You cannot have someone like Poe do what Poe did and risk the survival of the rebellion. At that time, resistance. Yes. So, and then ultimately, it didn't pay off. It didn't pay off Poe's gamble um, with fate. But... Yeah, so that's my, my one mixed thing. And I'm still debating after, you know, four years whether or not Haldo made the right call yeah. by not telling Poe. So let's get into the bad now. Let's get into the bad. Um, hi, I'm holding for a general hugs. I, it, it's that's just, funny. No, that's funny. It just doesn't... I just don't think a line like that fits in Star Wars. And a joke like that about, like, phone calls and stuff. No, Anakin did, like, a couple times in Clone Wars. Did he? Yeah. He did fun with the generals. Did? Uh, okay. But that's also just Anakin being Anakin and doing Anakin things, and this is Poe being Poe and doing Poe things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, You made a reference early on, Michael, to, like... Plugging up a dam. Were you referring to BB-8's like electrical dam thing? You said at the beginning, like this movie like jumps around a lot and is doing a lot of damage control. Like it's like, all right, we got a, we got a leak here, a leak here. Let's. I said it was hanging by threads and connected. Got it. Okay. I said that they're trying to make connections to the first movie while it's trying to make its own movie, but just kind of ends up in a disconnect there. There's no dam. I okay. there's nothing about water though. BB-8's electrical plug. I, I don't like that. I think that's... I don't think it's funny. It never makes sense because BB-8 has a domed head. And also something, something Wait, like what? that. Remember like when like it's sparking in BB-8's li- 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 little compartment in Poe's X-Wing at, yeah. at the beginning? And he's like... Does does that yeah. and it starts somewhere else and does that yeah. and then eventually he just like puts his, his domed head on it and it stops. Yeah. That just never made sense to me. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, but it's like it's a little funny. It's like, oh my god, he's trying to fix the whole play and Poe's being yeah. Poe. Uh, I don't like Leia flying through space. It was a beautiful shot of her, and they had enough time. There was not a whole lot they'd have to change. Uh, you know Leia's force sensitive at this point. Everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, like, but like, I'm just saying, it would have, I, I think it might have served the story better to not have her, to have her die there. And then, you know, she flies back like Mary Poppins, which the, the imagery and I, I, I don't I don't like that scene, but the imagery of Leia passing through the supremacy on the bridge, the hologram and it flickers and fades. I, I love that. That's beautiful. Yep. Um 
I love the humanity in this movie. This is the most personal. This is the most personal Star Wars film I think we've ever gotten. Because, and, and this whole trilogy is the most personal of the three because it's dealing with characters we already know. It's dealing with characters we already know and we have to see them grow up. And I think that's the problem a lot of people have with this movie is that they're seeing their heroes as real people. And I love that. I love that. The idea of an idol not being... And that's something this movie focuses on a lot, whether it's Rey with Luke or Rose with Finn. Alright. Your idols are not always who you think they are. And it's it's a story we've seen so many times, but I think seeing it in Star Wars and from the perspective of Ryan Johnson, Noted. I really love that. Noted. Um, yeah, Ryan Johnson does bring out the people on people. Or like their true self. Because you look at Knives Out, and I like to correlate this movie because it's so fucking good. Sorry. Um, but you saw that uh, the detective was really trying to help. You saw that all the family members were just vultures. Yeah. You saw how uh, Chris Evans' character, he was really just trying to get what he wanted. Exactly. He brings out what everyone wants. Um, I love the scene when Ray is training with The Rock because it's about drive, it's about power. We say, Shut up. Right. No, 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 um, I I love uh, the line where where Poe goes. So we blow th- that one up, and then if you in like if, if you look in the background, three PO just like turned into something else, and, and posts he's like, wait what? Three <laughs> PO throughout all three movies, I feel is just Poe's babysitter when Leia can't be there. I do not disagree. I feel <laughs> like he's just like the kind of common sense, but he's just not. He's just too dumb to do anything about it. Now. With their danger sense, because they don't have danger sense. Like, yeah. Let's go second question, I suppose. Now, with you, now you mentioned Luke's motivations. I, uh, Luke. A little bit. With, like, sort of, like, the, the horrors of the Empire, the horrors of that, and then, like, what his father did as Darth Vader. Yes. I'd love, like, if Luke could become, like, a character who, who shows up, like, once per season on The Mandalorian, or every other season. And uh, he and Din will, will like go on an adventure. We can see that. We can see that get fleshed out, and we can see we, we, we can see Luke Skywalker slowly transition from. I want him twice. To Luke's last I want him twice in Mandalorian season three. I just want him twice. I I want I, I, want, I, I want him I want him at the start of like the series finale or like the series finale be like so you guys need help yeah and then he brings in Grogu at the end. Uh, maybe if there's a significant time jump between season two and three, there's a significant time jump. Like, and for Grogu to have learned that much, I think it would have to be at least 10 years. I don't think they would do that. Yeah. Cause the overthrow of Mandalore wouldn't just happen to be like a month between season two and season three. It'd be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. And so this is my disconnect between the overthrow of Mandalore. Sorry to take on your part here, but uh, you have to know how much planning they're doing. Unless they're doing time skips between every episode, you're going to have the whole season three is going to be uh, Din jumping around from mission to mission like he did in this first season, mm-hmm. going and helping this planet to get these ships. Sort of like Rebels did. Exactly. 
And he's going to have to figure out these people. And you're going to have to figure out these people. He's going to have to make a trade here. You're going to have to work with Bogadog here and like, uh, work on their relationship there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, seeing Yoda in this movie, that might be one of my top five theater moments ever. Because when we saw that little green head. Yes, that little green head. Everyone. I, just, I remember no, told you. It's a metal communication. We, <laughs> we all. Oh, wow, Michael. Um, everyone just like took a deep breath. They're like. <gasps> and then it was just silence for that entire scene. No, I was kind of like. It's Yoda. And then yeah. my, gas, my gas was the holo gas. Um, but yeah, I love that. We are what they grow beyond. That is the burden of all masters. Like, I love that so much. Yep. Yoda comes comes into this movie, tells Luke to get his head out, out, out of his cockpit. Go help. And you then it's just all of our heroes in this movie learn the same lesson. And you might say that's lazy. I love that. Which, if Ryan Johnson were to do episode 9... And he was asked to episode nine, but he but he wanted th- three years, and they're like no. Then, I think we would have seen that continue into the final film. Now, if I were to change one thing, because we we're running out of time here, if 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 I were to change one thing about this movie, it would have been, of course, tease Palpatine or show Palpatine. But have Ray and Ben come together and sort of make the first order right of the line. Now. Oh, and then you jump forward like ten years for episode nine. And the Beatles. And we and episode nine is then more of like a true Revenge of the Sith style story, you know? Because I want Star Wars to, to, to be like Revenge of the Sith. I always forget how much I love this movie when, when I watch it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. And as I a Star Wars film and as a film. I don't hate any of the Star Wars movies. I don't hate any. I de- there are the only one. There are moments I dislike the, every Star Wars movie. I don't hate every Star Wars movie. I yeah. hate Judge Banks. Yeah. I don't hate the Phantom Menace. I like Star Wars. The only thing that I hate in any of the twelve films, ca- canonical films, the only thing that I hate in any of the twelve canonical films is they fly now. Yes, that is a little. That's something I hate. That is a stupid one. Um, That's a trailer moment. Yeah. All right, uh, but that's about it. That's all I have. Oh, uh, the scene with, with, with uh, I'm sorry. the scene with Luke and Leia you is with uh, Luke and Leia is beautiful. Which one, the flashback scene? No, the the one in this movie. Oh, I love that scene where where Leia says, "I know what what, what you're gonna say. I changed my hair because that's what Han said. Yep, that's what Han said, which is the most." Dude, response ever. Oh, the, I hate that they cut the scene of uh, the f- funeral. Uh, no, of uh, Luke reconciling with Han's death. Oh yeah, that would be because he got inside the cockpit and like started crying. But like, I wanted that scene. And then, and then Luke just says, you know, it's nice that way. It's nice that way. Like, Leia knows her brother more than she knew Han. I I think. Mm, um, no. Because remember, she lived with Han for a little bit, and like they had a kid together. Well, yeah, obviously. And but like, well, Luke was all the way. Up. They were always connected to the Force. Yeah, true. And they are more connected. 
um, in, in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, a love line from Luke. Han was Han about it, but Leia trusted me with her son. And just like this, I, I think this movie is the best performance out of Mark Hamill ever. It's incredible. Uh, but we're running at, you know, we, the, the, the runtime can be rounded up to two hours now. So that's going to be it, guys. I already plugged everything. Uh, check out another Marvel podcast. We're going through Hawkeye right now. We got all of our old Spider-Man reviews up. Yeah, before yeah, yeah, yeah. Home. It's a feel-good show. It's a good show. It's, it, 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 it's fun. It's not great. It's not terrible. Um, but if you are in the Chicago area and if, if somehow tickets are not yet sold out for Thursday night screenings from No Way Home, uh, Oak Brook or AMC Oak Brook Center 12 That's IMAX screener. IMAX screening at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, December 16th. We are going to be having a Spider-Man No Way Home screening if those, if, you know, the, everything's not completely booked up, which it probably will be by, you know, midnight. So, yeah. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I'm Drew Gretsch. I'm Mike Badrov. The Force will be with you always. Woo! I have spoken.